Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon from Washington, and good evening from Indianapolis. Deidre Burton, our retired major, is back with us this week to continue talking about some of the situations that our female veterans find themselves, not uh, exclusive to male, but we're looking at our female veterans in particular today, once again, and some of the causes of their homelessness, as well as some of the trauma their homelessness can bring to them. So, Deirdre, welcome again. Thank you, Lady C. It's so good to have you with us once more, and I hope to see you yet even more. But we're going to talk about as we – I'm sorry, what were you saying? I didn't mean to uh, cut you off. I was saying looking forward to it. Okay, great. Uh, we built this as PDSD, MST, and homelessness among our female veterans. And Deidre, would you just give us a glimpse into what the situation looks like? MST, I was not familiar with that term, but it means, audience, military sexual trauma. Trauma, right. Or PDSD, yeah. post-traumatic syndrome is a disorder, Deidre? Uh, yes, it's post-traumatic stress dis- disorder. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been uh, defined by the DSM-5 and also by uh, the VA as a, as a disorder. But, you know, as we, as we talk about it today, more today, I'm going to leave that decision up to the audience to allow them to define it as a disorder or not. It, it, it could seems to me as it could be something that all of us go through at one time or another. Um, it is related to trauma, and it's basically how the you know human psyche deals with trauma, which is different for all of us. Mm-hmm. Okay, you go right ahead. I just want you to okay. jump right in and just okay. talk to us about um, what you have seen or known to be true uh, re- relative to both of these, both the PTSD and MST. Okay, among, so women, wanna, among um, women. Among women, yes. I just want to start off by saying um, my information today for your listeners is coming from the National Institute of Mental Health, both on PTSD and military sexual trauma, and also um, through uh, my personal experience with you know working with other uh, female service members and veterans. So I just kind of wanted to start off by just basically giving a, a definition of PTSD, and again, that's post-traumatic stress disorder. And again here, um, the, the National Institute of Mental Health, they do define it as a disorder that develops in some people who have seen or lived through a shocking, scary, or dangerous event. 
Now, that doesn't leave anybody out. All of us, military and non-military, have we've lived through some type of shocking, scary, or dangerous event. Yes. Um, but what tends to happen is how we, we deal with that episode. And for some, um, there may be more resiliency where they just kind of just come out of that thing and everything's okay. But for others, there, you know, tends to be uh, something in the mind that just hangs on to that situation. Now, some of the signs and the symptoms, um, and these usually uh, doctors will look to, you know, they'll ask if you've had these symptoms, you know, for three months or so after the uh, traumatic incident, but it may include um, worry, um, it may include disturbed sleep, it may include um, depression, it may, you know, the eating may be off, there may be a loss of interest, um, the, the, uh, um, there may be hypervigilance or, or where, you know, you're just kind of on edge. Um, and, and again, some of these symptoms don't sound too different from depression. So there would also be um, an element of a depression in there as well. And then the other thing too is, is the re-experiencing, re-experiencing of the uh, of the trauma, and that could include uh, flashbacks. And I can speak to that for my own self. But flashbacks, um, having bad dreams, frightening thoughts, again being startled um, very easily. Uh, I know personally for me. Um, I don't like, if I'm at a restaurant, I don't like sitting with my back to the door. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people door. say that, and I um, yeah. I don't like it either. I don't like it either, yeah. and I look for my exits. But go ahead. Yes, looking for exits. Yes, absolutely. So so if there's an event and I need to get out of there, I want to, you know, know what I need to do and where I need to go yes. uh, to get out of there. Also, there's the avoiding avoidance. Um, certain things, staying away from certain places, um, a person may feel emotionally numb, uh, there may be some strong guilt or there's a depression again or worry. We spoke about losing interest in activities and uh, having trouble remembering the dangerous event. You know, our mind sometimes just has a tendency to block certain events out, you know, so there may be um, an inability to remember certain facts or even the whole trauma itself. <clears throat> And then we how can we help people arise who have, mm-hmm. How can we help people who have the predisposition that I've talked to several, including military mm-hmm. people, who feel that one cannot have PTSD if they didn't serve in a war zone? Now I know you. Well, you know it. what? Yeah, I served in a war zone, and on my second deployment, I was not in a war zone. But here's the thing: the the symptoms can. Okay, if we go back to the definition, it says. Um, develops in some people who have seen or lived through a shocking or scary or dangerous event. So that's just not limited to people in the military. Absolutely uh, as you not. brought up today about the, the young lady who was raped in Japan, that's a traumatic uh, by the by the uh, U.S. Navy uh, Navy person. Yes. That's a traumatic event. A Absolutely. car accident is a traumatic event. A death of a loved one is a traumatic event. Heck, going into work and finding finding that you've been laid off, that's a traumatic event. Uh, I mean, there's you know, breaking be, a fingernail. You're right. It just it just takes some. a whole it takes a whole new not new but a, it, it embraces many many aspects. I remember uh, I was frightened to death. I was on my way home one evening and I thought I was going to take the shortcut, not realizing that I was walking away from all of my lighting. 
and I heard oh. rustling in the bushes. I mean, I, I, I still get chills on my back, and hair stands up on, on my back. Mm-hmm. That was a very yeah. frightening yeah. experience. I don't know if it was PDS or, or not, but it certainly... Depending on my my makeup, I could have gone I could have gone over to the point where it would have been definite. No one would have questioned yeah. whether it was PTSD. Yeah, um, yeah, PTSD. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah. and then, and then the other thing: it. how do we deal yeah. with people who have the predisposition that okay, if I if I exhibit clinical PD, PTSD, then I'm weak. How can we how can yeah. we deflect that attitude that they're not weak? Yeah. And I think that you know, that's all about how you promote the care. I think. Mm-hmm. Um if you if you are I mean, because anybody who has served in the military and you have been exposed again to some trauma, whether you have served in a combat zone or not. I mean, you could be a reservist on a drill weekend and, and something happens during your drill, you know. Yes. So so I think it's all in how we promote the care and take that stigma away of being crazy or being weak or being this is for sissy stuff, you know. And it's, cause it's not like that. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, it affects male and female, adult and children. You know, so it, it doesn't matter. So I think I think we need to um, maybe reframe how we promote care, where this is something that can happen, and if you keep living, it probably will happen to you sometime in your life. Um, yes. And that this is care that is here to help you to um, help you deal with the experience of PTSD. Not to I love make how you look negative, that. not to make you dependent, but to make you give you tools. To negotiate your way I love that how you're phrasing mm-hmm. all of this, Deirdre. And uh, if anyone out there is listening to this segment or even the last segment, please, um, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact uh, Major Burton in her uh, counseling practice. Now, I did forget, I overlooked um Giving your phone number in the uh, promotional material, Deidre, but her okay, I can get the you Yes, but her it's called Living Well Journey. She's located in Indianapolis, and I don't mean yeah. to overrun you, but I'm going to plug you. So let me do it. <laughs> okay, she, do it, girl. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know for a fact that she will receive uh, phone consultations, uh, phone inquiries. Um, She'll do whatever she can to uh, make referrals if it's outside of the state of Indiana, outside of Indianapolis. But uh, go ahead, please, now, and give your phone number and anything else you want to say about Living Well Journey. Yeah. So so I can be contacted at area code 317 317-520-1153. 317-520-1153. One one five three. You can also email me at l w t and the number zero and the number eight at live l i v as in Victor e as in Echo for all the military people out there dot com. So again, that's l w t zero eight at live dot com, and my website is uh, livingwellsjourney as um, Zenobia said. 
So that was, those are the ways. The livingwelljourney.net. Um, oh, dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. and also, this is not even though she's military and we're dealing with um, uh, military women today. She's not limiting herself to just uh, military people. Is that correct? I am not. You know what? We we are a community. We are a family. All of those who have donned the uniform and put our right hand up and said we will go to uh, battle for this country when need be. We are a, we are a family. Uh, we are connected. So I don't discriminate against men or women. I love working with women, but my brothers, I will try to come alongside and help them as well. Excellent. And I knew you would say that. So, uh, and also, if anyone is listening. Um, contact Deidre if you have a heartbeat, if your heart beats as hers does and you want to pull away some of the stigmas that go along with these diagnoses or these tendencies. You don't even have to have been diagnosed with either one of them um, or a person doesn't have to. We just need to advocate for each other. And um, who better to advocate for than our military people. You know, I know this homelessness yeah. has just got to stop. Uh, or yeah. be, It won't stop, but we certainly have to grapple with it. We have to help the homeless to grapple with their situation. You know, sometimes even just a kind word. I had a face-to-face conversation with a woman who just called me out. She called me out, Deidre, on Saturday oh. and, and said, oh. I am homeless and can you help me? Can you spare yeah. a little change? I said, first of all, I said, I would love to treat you to lunch if you'd like lunch. She said, well, I have food, but I really want to get some batteries. And yes, it was that she wanted. So I was able to give her a little bit of money. I don't normally just give money yes. without trying to meet a, a more present need, you know. Right. But that right. was her right. desire and that was her need, and I just helped her. Um, and yeah. I'm not saying that that's, you know, handing out money is not the only way we can we can pull ourselves together uh, and, and go yeah. to our legislatures, and, and there's just so much we can do. So if your heart is beating for this audience, uh, listen, either me or Deidre. Now, we yeah. do need to yeah. go ahead, and we have a little time left, and I want to hit on MST. Please address that for okay. us. Okay, yes, yes. So military sexual trauma, and again, uh, it used to be military sexual assault. Now it's called military sexual trauma as as deemed appropriate by the VA. Um, but basically, that uh, the definition used by the VA is the psychological trauma. Psychological trauma. So it begins in the mind followed by a physical act, or it could just be psychological trauma, uh, but which in the judgment of the VA, mental health professional, um, it results in physical assault or of a sexual nature, a battery of a sexual nature, or sexual harassment. So sometimes we forget about that, the sexual mm-hmm. trauma. That, that does include sexual harassment, which occurred while a service member or a veteran was serving on active duty, or active duty for training, or in an active or in a in a inactive duty training uh, time. Okay, and my understanding is it's um, always is it true? It's always against the individual's will. 
It is. It is. Yes, it's, yes. It's, it's really like important. a power, you know, it's really a power thing. And the other thing is that psychological piece, too. Because, you know, if you can if you can uh, mess with that person's mind and, 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 and uh, interfere with their thinking and, and plant those seeds of fear in there, um, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but, okay, I'm getting my head ahead of myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, while you collect, I want to ask, um, what bearing or relationship do PTSD and MST have on homelessness and or what effect does homelessness have on on these two um these two areas? Well I would say they could go they could go hand in hand. Um the veteran, you know, could be homeless and one of the components that's con- that's contributing to a veteran being homeless, it could be the PTSD. That could be a service member who served over in Iraq on multiple deployments. I've heard of some um, service members serving up to eight deployments. Okay, I know. Um, but I serving a multiple times, multiple deployments, and and being exposed to multiple traumas. And that could be going out on a mission with five people and only coming back with one. You know, and mm. then he or she is, is the last last soldier standing or last person standing. Yeah, um, that's got to be hard. And, yeah. And then when you come out of that environment, you're basically a trained killer coming back to a civilian world. And you have to figure out how to fit back into civilian life or fit back into your unit back, you know, stateside. So you kind of have to deal with that mentality, that transition. And if it's a reservist, which is now the new active duty, if it's a reservist and we're coming off coming off a deployment, well, we're going back to the civilian world. So that mentality, coming back, um, making that transition, and then if we come back home and we can't find a job, we can't find housing, which, you know, the economy has improved somewhat, but... If all of those factors are standing there in front of me, and then I'm having problems dealing with, I mean, I'm a civilian now, but I'm still, I still have this this war mentality, and I'm, I'm not sleeping, and I'm not eating, and I'm hearing things, and I'm having flashbacks, and I'm hypervigilant. All of that can play into, you know, whether or not that person has adequate housing. And then if I'm a female soldier or a male soldier, and I have experienced. Uh, sexual trauma in some way because there are um, uh, men service members who do. Matter of fact, one in every 100 uh, uh, male service person has responded yes to experiencing sexual trauma. And that, again, I got that information from the uh, National Institute of Mental Health of experiencing sexual trauma. So you have all of those factors coming in. And then not to mention the relational piece, coming home to the spouse or the boyfriend or the girlfriend or trying to reintegrate into that environment as well. There is, a, I mean, that's a whole lot. That's a whole lot. Oh, and if things I mean, don't fall into place, it's easy to find yourself out on the street. It's a doozy. It's it's even mm-hmm. larger. As I'm listening mm-hmm. to you, I'm getting even more of a wow. I mean, it's just I, I I'm not in it, and yet I'm feeling buried by it. What about the person that's directly in it? Yeah, and let me say this, because I mentioned the men, but also there, one in every four um, uh, female service members especially experience sexual trauma. Now, the support around that whole thing, and this is where I have to say uh, the military um, is trying to figure out how to handle it, I'll say it like that, because there is so much um, 
stigma and fear associated with reporting this crime, because this is what it is, it's a crime, uh, reporting this. And there is really a lack of support for the male or female who comes forward and say, I've been, you know, sexually traumatized. And it's even less for the male who comes forward because they really look at him cross-eyed, like, how did that happen to you? And, you know, all that male stuff that goes along with that. But it Well, you answered the question that I was about to pose, and that was what support do, do these individuals have? Even, okay, even, let's push for the moment. Let's push aside these two areas and just acclimating, not just, it's huge, be helping the soldier to acclimate back to civilian life. Is there counseling and support for that? Yes. So that's where your VA, your vet centers, and also I have another number that I share here, uh, the Veterans Crisis Hotline, which is 1-800-273-8255. And it says to press 1 for help um, for if you have, you know, PTSD or, or military sexual trauma. And then I'm available as well. Uh, and I, get, I already have given out my my, my information. Um, but these are things that are um, available to soldiers. I would also say reach out to your um, uh, church, if you have a church home, uh, reach out to family. And, and the counseling piece would not only involve the service member, but that service member is in a system, which we call a family. So that family has also been affected by that person's absence, and now that person is coming back a completely different person from how they left. So it's like we have to get to know each other all over again. So that whole family really needs to be um, in counseling or having somebody walk alongside of them therapeutically to help them reintegrate to each other. And, again, not because that's a sign of weakness, you know, and and, and all that negative stuff, but just because um, there's help available and you don't have to walk this this, uh, reintegration walk alone. You know, there are people here who will help you with this. Well, that's excellent, and we're going to um, end there just about, except for the fact that I want to say from your perspective, um, maybe some of these individuals that are listening or that maybe they have a friend or relative who's listening that would like to help them, what would you say? And I know you don't know for each situation, but how would they go about perhaps getting the best response? You know, we don't want to say go to your church and the church does nothing. We don't want to say go to the VA center and the center does nothing. Uh, And I'm not saying that they wouldn't, but in Uh your opinion, and I know this is reaching the masses and it's not going to be for everyone, but if with me asking you this, what would be the mechanism or the steps that they that the steps that you would suggest they take to 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 yield the best response? positive response for someone or somebody's to help them. Yes. Well, with the military sexual trauma, uh, most units have a person who's de- designated as a um, person who's been trained to help out in these situations. So I would say find out who that person is. They have been trained. They are there to help you. They know about confidentiality. They are there to help you with your reporting options and to walk alongside of you uh, in that situation. Uh, The other thing I would say is uh, for reservists and National Guardsmen um, and even um, uh, people who are no longer serving, 
but they are veterans, is to um, contact your, lo- your local vet uh, vet center. Uh, the vet center is not the VA. It's not the Veterans Administration, but it's a different organization from the VA. So it's oh. a little bit less fulfilling. Um, um, it's, it's you know more like a counseling center, kind of like. So that has a completely different feel to it. Um, oh. So I would probably recommend. Mm-hmm. I would probably recommend that as well. Um, and the PTSD. Uh, that has to be treated, you know, that has to be diagnosed by a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I would say also uh, don't be shut down to taking medication because sometimes you need a little bit of medication to just get you over the rough part. It doesn't necessarily have to be a permanent thing, but just a little um, sometimes an antidepressant or anti-anxiety medication may be helpful. And then, again, I would I would search online and, and, and look out, you know, for different things uh, that, you know, such as womenshealth.va.gov. Again, the Veterans Crisis Hotline um, is available. And, again, these are people who are trained to specially help in this situation. Um, and don't be afraid to, to talk, you know. Don't be afraid to say, I, I need help. I need help. Very good. Because that's what we're and here for. And also, don't that's what forget... We're don't forget Living Well Journey. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. And the Living number well one journey. more time, please. 317-520-1153. 317-520-1153. I'm on the Internet, and my email address is lwt08 at live. Dot com. I would love to walk alongside of you and help you get help, whether you're here in Indianapolis or Indiana or not. Um, I would, you know, be, be willing to help you in your journey. Thank you so much, Major Burton. And with that, we will say adieu, and I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today. Take care. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
alright.